1: Welcome to the Seahawks Man to Man podcast powered by The Athletic. Shout out to the company. My name is Michael Sean Dugar. I'm here with my co host, Christopher Kidd. Make sure you follow us both up on the Tweet
2: Machine. I don't got to tell you my Twitter because I'm already verified. Chris, talk to him. What is up, everybody? It's your boy, Christopher Kidd. Be sure to follow me on Twitter at CKIDD206, and that's kid 206 Still got to get you verified, Chris. So we're <laughs> going to keep keep working
1: on that. Uh, we have, uh, we're have we back from the bye week. We have a special guest uh, on the program. We have the real Fitzgerald, uh, who covers the uh, Arizona Cardinals uh, for Arizona Republic. Catherine Fitzgerald, what up? How you doing? Hey, I'm good. How are you guys? Uh, we are all right. We're all right. Are you, are you verified on Twitter?
3: I am. Um, ah. So rooting for you too, Chris. We'll get you there. Oh, yeah.
2: Appreciate the love. It's it's a work in progress, <laughs> Chris. I think <laughs> this is
1: like, uh, in terms of guests, this is like our fifth consecutive guest that's uh, been verified. We, we're working on you <laughs> we will a great streak. Yeah, no, it's a uh, it's, it's good. It's gonna continue probably. I'm. Oh yeah. I, I'm, I'm sure. <laughs> Uh, but you know, Catherine, we're gonna talk about the Cardinals, um, one of the weirder teams uh, in the league. I feel like don't can't get a read on. But I want to talk about something that happened while we were watching uh, the Monday Night Football game, where they smacked Dallas. I was I'm pretty sure it was the first time that a slave was ever mentioned on a Monday Night Football broadcast, and that was of course when Lisa Salters brought up um DeAndre Hopkins receiver for the Cardinals uh wearing the name Denmark VC on his helmet decal um and you wrote a great great piece on that first off just kind of tell us about uh how that piece came about uh and what that was like writing it yeah
3: I had been really interested to see um what all the different players chose if they went with a helmet decal just because you know, I think there's so many different important and meaningful ways you can go with that nod this season. And um, DeAndre's nod to Denmark V.C. just really stood out in, you know, so many of the other examples of individual people or um, more recent names that people are familiar with. But to to pick someone like Denmark V.C. where so few people learn about him during school, um, about him trying to plan a revolt in Charleston, um, to free a large number of enslaved people ultimately got found out ahead of time was executed um you know that's not something we learn about in our history books really so for deandre hopkins to to be so adamant about like i want to through my helmet give a nod to this man who people don't hear about i think that's so significant
1: and i, I saved myself the stress and anger of like um looking at the hashtag Denmark VC when it was like kind of going on twitter um, monday night because i was afraid of like i said just being really angry and i i say that to bring up what was the reactions just maybe just reader comments on your story just any replies emails because when i think of like because denmark is basically a slave who not only gets recognized but is freed is framed as heroic which is very rare in history so what was the reactions uh when that when d-hop doing that kind of went public
3: i think the most interesting thing for me was so many people were um reacting or replying with like wow, I learned something new, I didn't know about this, Um, maybe some cases of I want to learn more, and I think, again, that's just such a testament to, you know, kind of the idea to, like, who do we learn about in our history classes, in our history books, and who is not, like, purposefully often not talked about in when we're learning about U.S. history, and so just for people to, through Hopkins, um, learn about Denmark Vesey, I think, you know that's kind of the coolest feedback you can see of, oh, I learned something new well,
1: in in general, just kind of covering uh, you know the the whole summer was everyone in the NFL covering like part protest, part football. Uh, what was that like on on your end? how how did they, how did Arizona handle this summer of protests?
3: Yeah, it was interesting, um just given Arizona as a state itself, but I think that this team um, it seemed like they had really important conversations, um, on either some of the off days that they had throughout the summer. Um, I was interested to see Cliff Kingsbury's approach since, um, you know, he usually is just a very heavy football minded guy, just loves to watch film, loves to be all about football. And, you know, that being said, he still connects well with his players. So he ended up talking to us, um, I think it was right after the team had the day off, um after George Floyd to have teen conversations about um, George Floyd, systemic racism. And, you know, it was one of Kingsbury's longest press conferences and really just talking about having these deeper conversations with players, letting them know they're supported, um, calling out systemic racism pointedly. Um, I think those are things that you wouldn't have seen in Arizona a few years ago.
1: Yeah, you're not seeing those. Anywhere across the league uh, a few years ago, I don't think unless usually like a a black a black coach uh, steps out on the ledge uh, and does it. I'm curious, has there been what is the conversation or the energy or the response been from from ownership, if anything? That seems like we got the coaches saying things because they we get them on Zoom every week. Has there been anything from you know levels of uh, of leadership above that
3: in Arizona? yeah, I did get to talk to Michael Bidwell right before the season started., um, and it was really interesting to hear his perspective, too, where he mentioned, obviously, this was back early September, how, you know, they were already having conversations then about voting about why that's so important, but also really focusing on all the down ballot votes. Um, you know, the presidential election, of course, super significant, but local elections, um the Senate race in Arizona, but also, like, school boards, judges, other people that impact your community, and you get to vote on who's making those decisions. Um, So I think that's really important to um, the players are really engaged in a lot of these initiatives, but also having those conversations of like, okay, it's not just, you know, voting for the president. It's all these other ways that we can
1: influence our society. Uh, one one last one. I know D Hop obviously had the the name that he wore on his helmet. Um, in learning about the other guys who are wearing uh helmet names on their helmet decals, was there anyone else that stood out to you?
3: Yeah. Um. Kelvin Beecham has Brianna Taylor, and he was mentioning how he has daughters, so that was so important to him, just to you know think so, um specifically about Black women and remember them and make sure that they know that they matter too. Um. I think what's really interesting too is that with both DeAndre and Calvin, these are also guys who are new to the Cardinals who I've only ever talked to them over zoom. I haven't met them in person. So, you know, these are kind of weird conversations to have on a zoom press conference, just in the sense of it's a little less personal than, you know, talking by a locker, getting to build up to some of these questions instead of just, um, you know, over the internet to a group of strangers. So Um, getting to hear their stories and their reasons has been such an important part
1: of this season. You mentioned D-Hop's new to the team. Like that's like, I don't know if it's been like a forgotten uh, story with all the craziness that is 2020, but like, how, how has that, you know, gone over, you know, with Kyler Murray having arguably the best receiver in the league to throw to every day?
3: Yeah. I mean, you see it on the field already. Um, He even, You know, Tyler had kind of a weird Monday night game, only completed nine passes, but still um, had some huge plays to Hopkins, to Christian Kirk. Um, I think they're still trying to kind of figure out this offense. And obviously it's better to be doing that when it's like, oh, actually, now we have a ton of options where before we were pretty limited, like, let's find our identity a bit more. So they're in a good place, even if they still haven't totally gelled um, Cliff Kingsbury even said to say like yeah our offense hasn't hit its stride yet and um, you know part of that is yeah when you add someone like DeAndre Hopkins he makes an immediate impact so now it's just figuring out like how do we best leverage this moving forward
1: wait this offense hasn't hit its stride yet and DeAndre Hopkins leads the league in yards like that's <laughs> that's pretty <laughs> Those scary are
3: Cliff's words. yeah okay that, um, which, that doesn't seem fair <laughs> yeah and he said that's kind of you know that's exciting to him. Of if we're already, you know, putting up these points, putting up these stats, and haven't hit our stride, um, perhaps worrisome to other teams, but exciting for the Cardinals.
1: Yeah, worrisome definitely to the the rest of the division, uh, especially for the <laughs> Seahawks this week, giving up more yards than anyone in league history. Um, I don't think I asked you this uh, last time we had you on the show. If I did, I apologize. But it's my favorite question to ask guests: um, Is Kyler Murray good?
3: Yeah. Yes, he. Um, I realized this year I have to try so much harder to describe all the ways he runs that he does things. Um, he's really fun to watch, and you know, obviously, last year it only translated to five wins, but I think you're already seeing his growth in year two. Um, and he's it's just dynamic sometimes, even seeing it in real life and then the replay right away. It's like, wow, you you broke that man's ankles and you have enough time to like sit him down and comfort him and play a sad song play the Sarah McLachlan music like I'm so sorry your ankles are dead and then still go into the end zone like it's the timing and what he does it's really wild to watch
0: we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed
4: are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health care provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new health care regimen, including EE system.
1: I don't know if everyone knows, but if you go on Twitter whenever the Cardinals play, and I only got to watch them maybe once or twice because they're always playing when the Seahawks are playing. Um, but if you guys go on Twitter and just look for Kyler Murray runs like just tw- search that in the search bar and it's just it's it's a great time I mean there's a lot of repeats but there's been some some good ones there because it does look like his he takes so many steps to go a yard he takes like 12 steps every one yard and it's it's just kind of funny what's your what's been your favorite Kyler Murray runs like uh joke this season
3: oh easily my favorite was um Ralph Amson who's in Arizona too he mentioned back in like September about um the vine of the kid with the knife where they're like <laughs> running around the inflatable pool and the parents were like oh what have you got there and then they're like it's a knife um <laughs> but yeah i i think that's correct um <laughs> you know just the way he like scurries around and um yeah that's chris, i think that's the best one so far
2: chris have you, you seen these or did i did when i talked to you yeah? yesterday which one did. did you
1: get did you catch one you
2: liked the one with the baby, where he's running full, he's running and then he stops on a diamond, turns around. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. You've seen that one when they talked about DK running routes earlier. Yeah, when he first yeah, got yeah, the yeah. I saw that one and I was, I was thinking, wow, he, I see, I see where they got this from. It's pretty funny. I, I
1: think, I think, the, I think my favorite. There's two. There's two of my favorite ones. The one where it's, it's Kyler Murray runs like Stewie Griffin, because that one. <laughs> That one's great. Cause I'm a huge that's family guy is probably my favorite TV show of all time. And then the other one is of uh, Kyler Murray runs like the Flintstones trying to start their car. Oh man. <laughs> oh, I, I don't think the... I've
3: seen that one yet, but my car sometimes sounds like the Flintstones car. <laughs> um, and I, I don't know. I think actually Kyler's a lot more effective than my actual four wheel motor vehicle. Uh,
1: there's a, there's a one more Kyler thing. I think, you've done a really good job of just chronicling the out of context Kyler quotes that are just relatable (laughs) in life. I think everyone should follow you on Twitter if for no other reason, just for just the, uh, the out of context Kyler Murray quotes, has there been one that's been just really just like uh, applicable to your life this year?
3: Oh, well, I think the one that was the most opposite of me was um, they, he was asked about the big win over San Francisco and was just kind of like, well, for me, there will never be a hangover. Um, and <laughs> what I loved, I just tweeted that out and everyone was replying like, all right, man, wait till you turn 25 or like, <laughs> yeah, spoken like a guy who's right out of college. Um, I am very opposite in my hangover situation these days. So, um, but yeah, I think <laughs> he usually once a week gives us something that's just, he is kind of Sometimes it's not even intended to be funny, but he does also have a dry sense of humor and he's pretty dead a lot of the time. And combining that with an out of context quote sometimes is just what I feel people most need on their Wednesday afternoon.
2: Mike did say he had one more question for Kyler Murray. Well, I also want one, also have one, I yeah. should say. And how is his leadership? When you look at him, he seems really quiet and he just gets the job done. But you see him, you talk to him, what, do you What kind of vibe do you get leadership-wise that Kyler Murray possesses with this team?
3: Yeah, I think part of it is that he's so competitive. Um, we've talked to them this season about, like, they're all playing video games together. They're playing chess together. Um, he beat Larry Fitzgerald in chess, which, you know, I don't know what you want to make of that. If it's, you know, Kyler has finally taken over, if it's... <laughs> larry needs to brush up on his chess openings um but i think like no matter what he does he wants to win ferociously um and i think that even if it's not the same like raw raw quarterbacks on other teams um maybe more you're kind of like quarterback in a movie or something like that he doesn't necessarily need that um because they know what he can do on the field but also just that like any decisions he's making out there, it's, it's getting this team to win. And I think that's kind of what becomes most important to this team.
2: You did mention Christian Kirk, and you also wrote a really cool piece earlier this year in August about the potential to go through the roof. I know he missed a game due to injury, but outside of that, how do you think he has progressed this season?
3: Yeah, I think something that's notable about Christian Kirk, too, is that Tyler Murray is just so comfortable with him Um, and he's comfortable with receivers for different reasons like obviously anyone's going to be comfortable with a Larry Fitzgerald with a DeAndre Hopkins but with Christian Kirk you know they played for a bit together in college they've known each other since they were so young and I think you see that show up in just you know he's gonna look for him I think more often than maybe another quarterback would and that's not knock to Christian's abilities or anything, but just their rapport is so clear. Um, and I think that's just going to keep helping this team, um, especially, you know, defenses. Now, if they're going to plan around Deandre Hopkins, that's only going to help Christian Kirk. Um, he had that 80 yard touchdown against Dallas, which was, um, you know, something they had been ready for all week. He's able to do those big plays, but they also use him in some dynamic other ways too. So I think, um, he offers a lot there, and again, especially if a defense is first going to look for Hopkins, that just is such a boost for Kirk.
2: Let's look at the defensive side. We're going to give a shout-out to a guy that was born in Washington, went to Bellevue High School, yeah. made a bad decision and went to UW. Should have went to WSU, but it is what it is. <laughs> That's okay. Neither here nor there. Everyone, <laughs> everyone makes mistakes. It's okay. Buddha Baker, who was named Week 6 Defensive NFC Defensive Player of the Week, he is looking better and better each week. Can you talk about just how he's making a name for himself and he's making it look so easy and he's, he's only been in the league, what, his second year, fourth year, excuse me.
3: Yeah, he, Buddha's so fun to watch too, because also just personality wise, he's kind of like quiet. I don't want to say goofy necessarily, but just kind of like, you know, very laid back. Um, And then you see him like absolutely pulverize people on the field and like you know, he's a little smaller. He pops out of absolutely nowhere, and it's just what he does is really wild out there. Um, I think Monday night really encapsulated so much of that. I It was his first career interception, which I think is such a surprising thing to so many people, just given everything else he does on this defense. Um, and he did it in a cast, too. He, he had that thumb surgery, so he still got um, – cast while he's playing he (laughs) he did quit that Andy Dalton threw a perfect spiral so that made it a little easier (laughs) for him to pick it off um so there is that but yeah his impact on this defense especially now without Chandler Jones um is so critical and I think you really see him in all facets of that defense
2: I just remember last season he blew up what was the running back the Seahawks had last year who broke his form in the game against the CJ car- process CJ process I just remember him okay. coming down 99 miles per hour and smacking CJ and CJ going off the field and then a few I think days later we found out he broke his arm and I was just like Jesus this Buddha beggar kid is he's ferocious and then he's his ferociousness as <laughs> this season is a we're six weeks seven weeks in and he's still doing his thing what's the ceiling for this kid
3: yeah, it's um, that play too. I rewatched it for a feature earlier this season and it, it just looks like he teleports. <laughs> like when you see where he starts on the field and where he makes the play, I I don't know like what law of science is being slightly tweaked there or what. Um, but yeah, he the way he just moves so quickly is, you know, I don't I don't know I don't know exactly what his ceiling is when he's able to um, just get places and make those big plays too when he forced the fumble in monday night's game um his awareness too he mentioned something he could hear andy dalton calling zeke zeke so he was just like oh well here's where i'm going i'm gonna just force a fumble in this very moment so um between his skill set that awareness i think you know he's going to keep being a dominant player on this defense.
1: We're just going to stay on Buddha real quick because I don't know if you know this, the real fits um, that uh, (laughs) Buddha was drafted. uh, You probably know that he was drafted one, one pick after Seahawks uh, took Malik McDowell 35th overall in 2017. And it just eats at the hearts of Seattle fans to see him not only just play somewhere else, but play in the division and play well at a time when the Seahawks are just, well, at, or they were struggling to replace Earl and Cam in, in the Legion of Boom. Um, how long Do you think this is just going to, uh, Buddha's going to play well enough to just eat at Seattle fans' hearts for the rest of his
0: career? This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Ah, uh,
3: with my regrets to the fans. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> uh, you know, and you know, also, what a lovely hometown story that would have been, but no, I think he's, I mean, he's still improving even from um, last year when he had a really strong season, I think already this year, seeing what he can do. And again, to, to have the game he did, I mean, I don't know obviously what it's like to play football in the NFL at any level, but especially with a cast and to still be putting up those numbers, um, he really didn't miss a beat. He's still leading the team in solo tackles, even though he missed a game. Um, so what he can bring to this defense, I think, is really um, – it's going to still be around for quite a while.
2: I want to go back to the offense. And I will look at the offensive line because they've come a long way from when J.R. Sweezy accidentally sacked Kyler Murray against the <laughs> Pan- against the Detroit Lions in, in 2019. I think – what was that, the first game of the season? If I'm not mistaken,
3: that's a good bar to set. I think for anyone who wants (laughs) to look at self-improvement, you always want to kind of, you know, start there so you can build up.
2: Exactly. And right now the offensive line, they are 18th in pass protection and pass blocking rate. They're ranked third. Can you talk about just the improvements and what they've done over the off season to improve this O line now that, and you have Kyler Murray playing really well.
3: Yeah, well, I think the most obvious key is that Kyler Murray bought them all matching scooters for Christmas, (laughs) and they have really leaned into that. They're calling themselves the Wild Hogs. I think they have, like, matching outfits and stuff like that. And, like, I don't know. I think anything more reminiscent of boy bands in the NFL is a win for everyone. So I'm really – I love a good theme. I'm excited about that. Um, I think it also, though, you know – including kyler still it, it goes hand in hand with his development where um so much of last year you know those 48 sacks part of it is just the way that he plays and his understanding of what he can and can't get away with in the nfl so i think they're certainly the offensive line as a unit is stronger and doing a better job but it's also it was going to happen either way just of his improvement you know, they make each other look good. Um both on the football field and in the scooter world. <laughs> wow. Which, what kind of, what kind know, of scooters do they get? Do you want? What
1: what kind of what kind of scooters are we talking here? Um
3: not like Razor scooters, like motorized.
1: Oh. I don't know. Spending money there, pilot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. the, 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 the like electric electric
3: joints? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh. That's fancy. So, very fancy. They used them around training camp. Um to get from the stadium to the hotel which is like across the street so absolutely where you want to save your energy Um, but actually really it's so hot in Arizona I would I would scooter 100 feet if I could so I get it
2: how about you ask Kyler hey what what can I do to to land a scooter do you need a feature what's up
3: (laughs) Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I definitely can't protect him in any way, so I'll have to find some other options. <laughs>
2: you mentioned Larry Fitzgerald earlier, I guess him losing to Kyler Murray in chess, which I'm shocked, I guess. I, I would assume with Larry, he's just good at everything. I mean, he doesn't drop any passes. If I'm not mistaken, he still has more tackles than he has drops, which is insane, but... How is he still doing this? The man's got to be forty years old, right? How is he still playing the game he loves and doing it at a, at a at a high level to the point where he's still productive, in the run game and in the passing game.
3: Yeah, what has been interesting to watch this season is he has dipped a little bit, but I think some of that's just going to be natural anyway of um, adding in Hopkins. There were a few games where just like the offense as a whole is looking a little weird, though. So, Everyone was dipping, but I think they're when I mentioned before trying to figure out that offensive identity, they almost need to like remember to use him a bit more. Um, Cliff Kingsbury's been very self-critical about that of like, yeah, I should probably use the future Hall of Famer a bit more in my play calling in my planning. Um, but as far as what Larry can do himself, I think he was really re-energized last season when they brought in Kyler Murray Um, you know obviously every year once it gets to a certain point he gets the retirement questions and last year it seemed kind of clear even before he decided during the offseason that he would come back again that he was having fun again he was enjoying it Um, seeing what the ceiling could be with Cliff and Kyler was was enticing to him and I think that made all of the preparation he does you know all the outside of football stuff of just taking care of his body, still being able to do what he does in year 17. It made it a little easier when he was excited about where this team was headed. Um, so I think they still need to get him a little bit more involved. He obviously still, you know, walking downfield, very involved. He'll get some first downs that really re-energize everyone. But, um, he had the one game this season with just one catch for no gain. And that was unheard of. Um, so I think that's something they're still working through, but obviously has an impact on this team either way.
1: So how did you guys find out that he lost to Kyler in, in chess? Like, who who broke that news? Was that Kyler or was that Larry?
3: Um, definitely Kyler. I just in that I think he was the one we talked to next, and we asked him about it. Or actually, it might have been Trent Sherfield. We've huh. talked to a few people about chess. Um. But it, I don't think it was Larry. Oh, it might have been that Kyler posted on Instagram about it. Um, I think actually now that I have sounded out to myself, that's what it was. It was <laughs> a good old social media flex of I beat
1: this guy in chess. So um, I don't know the rules know. in NFL locker rooms, but I'm pretty sure unofficially if you lose in, in chess, you like the guy who wins is like, look at me, I'm the captain now. I think huh. that's that's how it goes. I'm pretty sure. I don't know if that's how it goes in Arizona, but like... Next time you talk to the other fits, you should let them know, like, Kyler is the captain now.
3: Well, I would want to check first if they've had a rematch since. Like, (laughs) it sounds like it wasn't a one time chess thing. I think it's pretty ongoing, Um, which, you know, props. I'm not good at chess. So, um, but I think there's a lot of guys who really like it. So, love that for them.
1: If if honestly if Kyler's smart he just doesn't play him again. That's
3: it. It's <laughs> you like just it's one one and be done. <laughs> it's like
1: when you beat like I think I think I think I beat my dad in like basketball one on one maybe one time. I'm pretty sure I have, uh, and I wouldn't play him again. It's just like no no no. This is it. Like this is done. Like I'm gonna walk off having like surpassed you. I am the man of the house now. That is that is how this goes. So I want I want
3: absolutely. You you have you like, hang the banner and you just never hope for another challenge
1: or you're just like no we we did this it's settled yeah no that that's it you have so many like little sub beats on your Arizona Cardinals beat whether it is the Kyler Murray out of context um quotes uh or just I don't know just being very hilarious on Twitter that should be like included in there the Kyler Murray Larry Fitzgerald uh chess saga I would definitely read like 2,000 words on that
3: um, it came up partially, too, because they were all playing video games so much this summer, which in asking about that led to, if you ever get a chance to hear running back Chase Edmonds do his um, impression of Buddha Baker, it's hysterical. So I highly recommend that, um, because when they trash talk each other during video games, Edmonds likes to pretend to be Buddha back to Buddha, um, which <laughs> absolute mental war- warfare. Respect it. So, yeah.
1: This team sounds fun. Uh, I mean, I guess they're they're they're, they're kind of decent too, so that that helps. I'm sure like like covering the Cowboys is like no oh, fun, God. even if they do have uh, personalities on there. Uh, let's let's get into some predictions specifically, you know, for this game before we get into over under and the actual uh, prediction from you. You know, Kyler Murray has been has struggled at times. You know, he hasn't been like perfect this season. Even against the Cowboys, like he's one throw away from having like a a a Mitch Trubisky ish uh, sort of game in terms of accuracy the teams who have had success against him defensively what what is there like a common thread in what they've done
3: yeah and I think this maybe sounds super obvious of just eliminating the big plays but against the Panthers it was just a really weird looking game um where it almost was like do you remember that you can go downfield was this something we discussed this week what's going on here um Especially when they have such dynamic playmakers, um, you know Kyler. Obviously, he can break open at any point and change the course of a game. But I think the more they can involve everyone and just have some of those big plays, that's it's something they feel too as a team. Christian Kirk has brought it up a bunch of times of like he feels that's so critical to this offense. And you know, obviously, every team wants big plays, but just the way they want to get things done fast. Um, get. On to the next thing. I think that's what you saw in the Panthers game where they were a lot
1: less effective. Right, let's get, well, if any Seahawks coaches defensive players listening, there you go. That's how you <laughs> you, you stop uh, Kyler Murray, or at least that's how you try. But this defense has had some some issues stopping pretty much anyone. well uh, let's. Yes, let's, and my
3: Venmo is available
1: for all. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Let's let's get into the uh, over under that we do with every every guest this week. Uh, we're going to do two. All right, we're going to do uh, over-under and uh, an either-or. So our first over-under is nine and a half catches for DeAndre Hopkins. What you got?
3: Oh, um, I think he's perfectly capable of that, but I'm going to go under just because I think they're still trying to get everyone a bit more involved, spread it a bit. So I'll go under on that.
1: All right. You got that down, Chris? Perfect. All right. And then we're going to go to the either-or. Who will have more receiving yards? Uh, on Sunday. Will it be DeAndre Hopkins or will it be the young stud, DK Metcalf?
3: Oh, here I think I'll go Hopkins. I know that Metcalf's having such a strong season, um, and you know what he and Russell Wilson are doing together is fun to watch, but um I think Hopkins, you know I even if he's <laughs> I know I just said less than nine and a half catches, but I'm I'm gonna go with him for this one.
1: Well, I mean that—that's fair though. I mean, he had what six catches against the Jets and ended up with 131 yards. So it's not like he needs a lot of catches, you know, to to get a bunch of yards. What do you have? Like one catch for 70 yards the other day against the Cowboys. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was something. Uh, what was it? Right. Two I think catches it was two for, for 80, Yeah, so. yeah. Boom. Yeah. There you go. He doesn't need a lot. That's a he's a big play waiting to happen. And last but not least, who do you got? Give us a winner and a score.
3: Ah, uh, okay. Prediction stressed me out a lot. And I think Cardinals Seahawks are especially so weird given that they have that whole like home away dynamic going on. Um, I think the Seahawks still get this one, especially given coming off the bye with the Cardinals having um a shorter week. I don't think that's gonna be a huge effect on their game planning or their production or anything. But I think Seattle right now is just, you know putting together such whole games, and the Cardinals are still, even in some of their wins, they haven't gotten everything quite together, Um, and I think it'll be pretty high scoring, but close, so let's go with, like, a 30-28, a
1: real nail-biter. Ooh, Seahawks are, what, favored by three right now? Is that what it is? I'm pretty sure. Never gamble, ladies and gentlemen, that's just, you know, (laughs) I always (laughs) got to say that.
3: Is it legal in Washington now?
1: yeah it's we're getting there to the point where we'll have sports books you said three uh, and a half right i said three it's Three and a half. Three and a half? okay so what's Doesn't the over matter. what's the over under we got over under Over under is 56 okay so we got we got the real f- we got the real fits taking the cardinals to cover and the over there you go once again never gamble <laughs> just <laughs> just just throwing that out there uh no Catherine? just
3: play chess with your friends it's <laughs> a better alternative
2: you want to play some chess do you want to play chess, Chris? Oh man, I am terrible. But yeah, we can do it. Do you know you know the <laughs> rules and everything? Oh, no? I know the rules, man. I love chess. Okay. I just not, I'm just just not I haven't mastered it.
1: No, yeah. I taught myself in college once on my on my app during classes. I was not good at at school, freshman <laughs> year, but I was good at chess. I asked my homie, I said, "Hey man, can you like help me get better?" And then we played as like a practice, and now I beat him. And you never played him. And again? And I never played him or anybody again. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Oh, this. There is... you go. I, re- I retired on top. But yeah, maybe we could play. I got to remember um, the rules on on all that, which all the pieces, one of them can move in an L. I'll get there. The ho- the uh, I said the horse almost. Wow, that was bad. We're not gonna even continue. Yeah, let's not. <laughs> no, no. Let's let let's end on uh, uh, on a high note, Catherine. Thank you so much uh, for joining <laughs> us. We appreciate you always. Uh, make sure everyone, you guys listening right now, go follow her, go read her stuff. Uh, what's your verified uh, Twitter account handle?
3: Yeah, it's at kfitz134. All
1: right. Uh, thank you guys for listening to another episode of the Seahawks Man-to-Man podcast powered by The Athletic. We will catch you guys after the Seahawks uh, apparently beat the Cardinals, according to our guests. Thanks for that. <laughs> uh, we're out.